0: Good morning. Well, thank you, kids, for that wonderful performance. Uh, it's just so exciting, especially for me, to get to see my kids in here, and so it's just a special blessing to do something a little bit different at Christmas time. Um, we've been going through a series called Carols, and so our our sermon or our our service order is a little bit different this morning because for the last couple weeks we've looked at a few different carols that relate to some of the themes of Advent. And what we wanted to do this morning is, after the message, have a special time when we can uh, sing together all the carols that we've studied. To uh, As we've studied these carols, we've looked at what is the biblical truths that these songs are based on so that as we sing them, we can be reminded of the truth of Scripture, of the person and work of Jesus Christ as we sing them. And so this morning, things are a little bit different, and we are going to finish out our series this morning, and our theme for Advent this morning is peace. And we're going to be looking at the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And there's really just one key phrase in there. When we think about peace and we think about Christmas, there's one key phrase that we're going to focus on. Peace on earth. And that is a a direct quotation from the angels in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. What's going on in Luke chapter 2, remember this is the the birth of Jesus. We've, We've been in this passage pretty much the whole series. We've looked at it. And In Luke chapter 2, the angel comes to the shepherds and tells them where to find Jesus and how to find Jesus, and then that angel is joined by a host of angels. A company of angels join the one angel, and, and they proclaim praise to God. They say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And so we have this peace on earth that is proclaimed to the shepherds, and not just to the shepherds, but for the whole world, because of Jesus' birth. Now, the interesting thing about that is, when when Jesus was born, for the last thirty years, the entire known world at this time was living under what's called the Pax Romana. Who's heard of that? And who remembers tenth grade history class? The Pax Romana, the Roman Peace. Rome has essentially conquered the entire world, and there are everyone is under Roman rule. And so there are no wars. There's this time of peace. The world is enjoying this time where there are no major wars taking place. Yet the angels come and they say, peace on earth. Well, I thought the Romans accomplished peace on earth. What, what could the angels mean when they come and they say, peace on earth? It's obvious that they mean something a little bit different than just the absence of war. That Jesus has done something that, that is completely different than our normal sense or our normal understanding of what peace is. I love, I love the word peace. It's one of the major themes that runs throughout Scripture. In the New Testament, the word peace appears in every single book of the New Testament except for 1 John. I'd say that's, that's a pretty big word, a pretty important word. In, in the Old Testament, the word, how many of you have ever heard someone say shalom? Anybody? That word, it's a, it's a, a Hebrew, a, a Jewish greeting, shalom, and it's so much more than just this idea of, of absence of hostility or war. Uh, we have a definition of, of peace to look at this morning, and that definition is this, that peace is more than just a state of mind. It's more than the absence of hostility, but it includes harmony, well-being, and a sense of being safe and secure. It's this idea of being complete. There's a wholeness that comes from this word, peace. And that's exactly what the angels are proclaiming to the world, has come to the world because of Jesus. And so this morning, I want us to look at Colossians chapter 1. Not normally a passage you would think of when you think of Christmas. Some of you are probably out there saying, hey, just read Matthew, just read Luke, and we're good. Just tell me Jesus in a manger, angels, wise men. I know that one. Let's, let's study that one. But we're going to look at a, a little bit different passage this morning. Colossians chapter 1. And what we're going to see is why we need peace why we needed Jesus to come and bring us peace. And then secondly, we're going to see what is the result of the peace that Jesus brings into our lives. Look with me at Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 19. It says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness, that's God's fullness, dwell in him, him being Jesus. And through him, through Jesus, to reconcile to himself, to reconcile to God, all things, "...whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood, Jesus' blood, which he shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and you were his enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, being established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel." What a beautiful passage, what a beautiful reminder of everything that Christmas is really about. The first thing that we have to recognize is is that we are in need of experiencing the peace that Jesus brings. And verse 21 tells us exactly why. It tells us that apart from Christ, we are alienated from God and we are his enemies. Think about that for a minute. We don't normally think of our sin as causing us to be alienated, separated from God. How many of you would say, I, I'm an enemy of God, right? No, none of us would really think of ourselves in that way, but this verse in Scripture makes it absolutely clear that because of our sin, we are God's enemies. We are God's enemies, and God is desiring for us to have a relationship with him, a relationship of peace, and so something had to happen in order for us, for our sin to be overcome, something had to happen so that we could have that relationship with God, and Jesus was the answer to that. Jesus was the answer. Jesus brings peace. And a lot of times when we talk about peace, it carries with it this idea of reconciliation. Where two people who have been arguing or fighting now become friends. Parents, maybe you're experiencing this. Now the kids are out of school. They're spending a little bit more time with each other. Believe it or not, my kids, even though I'm a, I'm a pastor, uh, my kids sometimes argue. I know, that's hard to believe. They're perfect, they're beautiful. Just look at them. I can't can't look over there. I'm going to cry looking at these little beautiful angels. But sometimes they argue. Sometimes they have disagreements. They fight over a toy. And most of the time it's as easy as saying, hey, you need to give that back to your brother or sister, give them a hug, tell them you love them, and they're reconciled, right? Their relationship is now fixed and things are better. But because sin is such a huge deal, it, it goes against God's very nature and against his character. It's not as simple as saying, my bad God, are we good? I, sa- I said I'm sorry, are we good? It's not that simple. There, there was something that, that needed to be done. There was a payment that needed to be made for our offense against God. And we were incapable of making that payment. Right after, after World War II, Germany, after they lost the war, they had to make reparations to many of the nations around them. They had to make repayment for the damage that they had caused. And so because of our sin, we're in need of making repayment to God because of our sin. yet, because of our sin, there's nothing that we could do that could possibly make that payment. Yet God desires the relationship with us, so he decided that he was going to act because we couldn't. And so he sent his son Jesus to make that payment for us. And that's why I love verse 19, which says this. It says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. God's, the fullness of God dwelling in a man. All right, this is, don't think about it too hard. Your mind will explode that Jesus was fully God and fully man. I don't know how that works, but that's the truth of Scripture And here's why it's important. Here's why the birth of Jesus is so important for us. Because Jesus was fully man, our sin is able to be credited to his account. And he was able to die on our behalf because he was fully man. But because he was fully God, his sinlessness can now be credited to our account. And when God looks at us, he doesn't see that sinfulness anymore. Because our sin is taken off of us and put on Christ. And his sinlessness is is transferred to us, so that when God sees us, he sees his sinless son, Jesus Christ. And so it's important that Jesus, we understand that Jesus was fully man, yet still fully God, in one person. That's what makes Christmas so amazing. And here's the result of that. Here's the result of Jesus being fully man and fully God. Not just a baby, but he grew up to be a man who was without sin, who died on the cross. Verse 20 says that he shed his blood, made peace by shedding his blood on the cross, but then he was raised again to prove that he overcame sin and death. And here's the result of that. Look with me at verse 22. It says, but now Jesus has reconciled you, now God has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you, listen to this, If you've got faith in Jesus, this is exactly how God sees you. He sees you as being holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. Isn't that beautiful? Listen to that again. Holy in his sight, without blemish, without sin, and free from accusation. In the Old Testament, um, in the book of Job, we have this picture of Satan coming before God. And the, the word... Hasatan, where we get our word Satan, literally means the accuser. And this verse is telling us that when when you stand before God, there won't be anyone who will be able to bring accusation against you if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. Because we've been reconciled. That price has been paid, and we are now at peace with God. We have a relationship with God. There's no more hostility. That hostility is gone, and we are at peace with God. And not only that, but we can have peace on earth. We can have peace while we're here on earth. Verse 23 talks about the hope of the gospel, holding out the hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel is this, that whenever we pass from this world, whether Jesus comes back or we, we go to our grave, we die, we pass from this world, we enter immediately into the presence of God. And we're welcomed into heaven because... Jesus has already paid the penalty for our sin, and so we get to spend eternity with God. That is the hope of the gospel. That is the peace on earth, that you can live day in, day out, knowing that no matter what happens, no matter if you, if you make a mistake, you don't have to be looking over your shoulder wondering what's gonna happen next, because you can know that your sins have been paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ, and that when, when you stand before God, you're gonna be welcomed into heaven as his child. That is peace with God, and that is the peace on earth that we celebrate at Christmas time. Amen? Amen. Real quickly, I just want us to think again. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. This is one of my favorite songs, and uh, as I was reading through this passage this week, it just amazed me. The truth, the biblical truths that are in this song that sometimes we miss because the words are so beautiful that we, we may miss the reality of Scripture that is found in this song. Remembering that because of our sin, we were at war with God. Listen to these words. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail incarnate deity, Jesus our Emmanuel. Emmanuel, going back, means God with us. Veiled in flesh, meaning God became man. Incarnate deity, fully God and fully man. Verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness in him dwell. One of the other lines of Hark the Herald Angel Sing says, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Verse 20, through him, God reconciled to himself all things by making peace through his shed blood on the cross. And lastly, born that man no more should die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Verse 22 says, but now God has reconciled you through Christ, and you are Holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, you are established and firm, not moved, holding out the hope of the gospel. This is what we celebrate at Christmas, the peace that we have that comes through Jesus Christ. just want to remind you, we, we sang, "Oh, holy night," we talked about prophecy, and we talked about the hope of Jesus Christ that He brings. And so we want to be reminded of that, that Jesus is the long-expected Savior, that long ago God promised, back in Genesis 3.15, that he was going to send a Savior. And then we moved from there to talking about love, and we looked at Away in a Manger, and we saw that Jesus was the Savior that was promised, and that was God's demonstration of his love for us. And that those who believe in Jesus have the opportunity to demonstrate our love for God by surrendering to Christ's lordship and coming under him and following after him. And so we focused on Away in the Manger, that one little phrase, Little Lord Jesus, and we remember that we don't make Christ Lord, that God has already made him Lord. And then we, we moved on from there last week. We talked about the shepherds and their joy that they had. And we saw that that joy comes not only as we trust Christ, that's the initial joy, but then we have the joy of telling others about Jesus Christ, that they get to hear the message and that we all get to come back together and celebrate that. And lastly, this morning, we sang Heart the Herald Angels Sing, thinking about the peace that Jesus brings, that he brings us peace with God and we can be reconciled to him. We can have that salvation, but it also gives us the peace to live out the rest of our days here on earth as we look forward to that day when we stand before God and we get to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So I hope that you will reflect on these truths of Scripture as we sing these songs and that maybe this Christmas, these carols, these wonderful songs that we sing will have new meaning to you as you reflect on the person and work of Jesus Christ as we've seen it in Scripture.